Welcome to another episode of the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. My name is Sean, and today I have an absolutely amazing guest for you. I will be joined by comedian Liz Platt. Yeah, so one day I was just going through my Instagram followers, which is near 3,000, by the way, and I saw this Liz Platt username. I'm like, who is that? So I go on YouTube, check out her video, and she is absolutely hysterical. I was so thrilled when she agreed to come on the podcast today. She's still new to the game, so she's getting her, you know, first look at the real comedy business over there. And that's exactly what it is. It's a business. You know, it's just like anything else in life. You got to grind to get what you want. Nothing's handed to you. And especially with this coronavirus time, you know, I appreciate what she's doing. She's going out there. She's uh, running shows. And I was lucky enough to have her on just before she was going to produce one of her shows that night. So this is a fun interview. And here it is, my interview with comedian Liz Splat. And with me on the line, she is an absolutely hilarious comedian, Liz Splat. What's going on? Hey, happy to be here. Just living the dream. Texas born and raised, huh? Yeah, definitely. Dallas, Texas. People are probably like, well, Sean, how are you, how are you interviewing a Texas community? It's because it's the power of YouTube. <laughs> it's the power. Exactly. It's 2020. You don't need to be, you don't need to know the state that they're in, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's, the, that's one of the cool things that's come out of the Zoom stuff. But all of this, like, everybody's aware that you can talk to anyone at any time now. Yeah, that's, that's the whole thing was, I don't know if it was just me being oblivious to everything, but, like, when the corona hit, all of a sudden, I realized what Google Meet was. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, so these are these apps there before the Rona or? <laughs> yeah, I know they just kind of like they had their time to shine. I felt like the only thing I knew about before was like Skype and FaceTime, and then Zoom comes in and just like wrecks everybody's whole situation as far as like you know Skype and uh, <laughs> FaceTime. Like nobody ever talks about Skype, so uh, I was very interested to see that. Talk about your background in Texas, and when did you start uh, comedy? I am born and raised in Dallas, Texas, like we already said, and then I just started doing stand-up maybe like a year ago. I did my first set, and it was just like an awful, like, I tried to do like a parody song, and it went so terribly, and like, you know, the whole crowd was just like, this is awkward, but then afterwards, I tried to play it off, and that kind of went well, so I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. And then, you know, little by little, you start to get actual jokes and um, stuff started to go way better for me. Um, but I, I started doing stand-up because I feel like I've always been like the class clown kind of person. Like I've always just been the joker of my like friend group. And I was like, fuck it, you know, I don't know. Can we, can we cuss? On oh, yeah. Is that cool? Yeah, if you can cuss okay. on Sensibly Cynical, that is fine. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to, you know, try this out. So, yeah, then now we're here. <laughs> I don't know. It's been, um, it's been weird. Definitely was not something that I was expecting to do, like, as a kid. But I'm more than happy to be doing it, you know? I was the same way, you know, when I was a kid. Like, 
I'm from a small town in uh, in uh, Central Florida, um, right. and I was the same way. Like basically, I wasn't like I went to a private school growing up, so I didn't get into the clicky public school friendship groups. So by the time I by the time I got to a public school late, I was already like out. You know, it's one of those things where you're in when you're in, and then if you show up late, well, you're they find whatever you know thing to make fun of you about. So. That's what happened to me, and then so I get, so I kind of hid my true personality a little bit until I met yeah, people like sure. who were actually mature enough to like see me for me and not some kid that you know. It's just everybody thinks that everybody hates them, but really everyone just hates everything, including themselves. Talk about how you like started. So, how how did you did you just go to an open mic night or something? Yeah, so um, maybe like two years ago, I went to the very my very first open mic ever at Dallas Hyenas, and I got up at, like, 3 a.m., like, it was awful, there was no crowd by that time, I mean, Dallas Hyenas is awesome, like, but everyone knows, like, when you're new in comedy, you're not gonna get on stage till, like, way later, and, um, obviously, I had, like, no material, so it was just, like, double terrible, and that was so scary that I was just, like, I'm not gonna do that for a while, and then once I came and moved to Denton, um, for school, I just tried it again like at a smaller show like a bar like I mean at a smaller open mic like it's actually a bar it's actually a bar like a beer bar slash convenience store really it's very weird like it's if like if you've ever been to Denton like anybody listening you know that that's a very like Denton thing to do it's just like it doesn't make any sense and it's kind of tacky but it was really cool you just like perform in front of these like glass doors where there are sodas behind them and stuff and Mm -hmm. so that didn't go well either but then I was like this is exciting I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep trying this out and then you know we go to like the next mic I think was at Killer's Taco which is a taco shop and then you just start to figure out the scene more and then also like I really started to love all the people that I was meeting you know like I was like you kind of in high school where it wasn't necessarily that I wasn't in any group but it was that I would just kind of bop around from each group because I didn't feel like any of the groups really got me, so I just kind of took what I wanted from each one. And um, then, but when I got to comedy, it was like, okay, you guys totally get me, and this is this is fun. So I just kind of kept coming around, and now I'm knees deep in an addiction of doing stand-up comedy. So, um, yeah, that's that's just kind of how it got started. Personally, I'm more of a girls' girl, and obviously there are way more men in comedy than girls, but. All of the girls that do comedy, especially in Texas, I feel like are so funny. And so it's like not even just nice to be on a show with them because you can guarantee that they're going to be funny. But they're uh, they're just cool to be around because it's always good to have mm-hmm. funny friends. And then all the dudes are like dipshits, which is also <laughs> funny. Um, you know, they're they're cool. Tonight, uh, this is tonight I'm doing my first produced show that I'm producing myself. And I have four uh really funny guys on the show with me, Zach Webb, Joey Johnson, um, Javoris James, and Raphael Sengeli, and they're hilarious. So you're going to get recording somehow, or is it going to be audio only, video only? Thank you for asking me that, because I keep forgetting to tell people this. Uh, It's getting recorded, and then on December 5th, I believe, I'll let you know the specific date before you post this podcast, but um, I believe on December 5th, there will be like a live uh, not a live, but it'll be recorded and then it'll be posted online. And then if somebody wants to like watch it, they can um, use my promo code <laughs> SPLAT with two T's and then I can get paid. 
the video that you uploaded on YouTube. The fly trap and the feminine the feminism joke. <laughs> Shit's hilarious. I was telling you, I'm like, why isn't that shit blown up? So why do you think why do you think um you know that thing hasn't blown up and you're expecting to get huge soon, right? Yeah, I mean, let's go on the basis that everyone agrees that joke is as funny as I think it is. And then I guess the the one reasonable explanation would be that the internet is so vast that like you just I just feel like you have to keep putting content out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've found from doing this podcast that like you just kind of have to keep messing around with it. Mm-hmm. It's a hop. This is pure hobby cast. There's no. I've made. I've made pennies on this thing. This is just. Right. This is just a hobby cast. I go on Instagram and I find cool people like you and I invite them on. People are like, "Oh, how do you get guests?" I'm like, "Just don't be a social hermit." Like, yeah. what's the worst thing that? It's like, uh, just go back to like school, and the worst thing the gr- thing they can do is the girl can say no, or you yeah. know, or you know, th- in this case, it's podcasts and entertaining acts, you know. Worst thing they yeah. can do is block you at the worst. Or best is, yeah, I'm excited when, you know. But I know how to type up a, you know, a pitch. Yeah, easy enough. You you copy and paste your podcast link. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, do you have like a rotation of places you go to? Or are you, are you looking to expand out of Texas eventually, like down the line once you get more experience? Um, certainly, I'm hoping to expand out of Texas. I have. Uh... Actually, recently, this is barely out of Texas, but um, I recently started doing some work at the Bricktown Comedy Club in um, Oklahoma City. So that's that's a really, really cool venue where people really show up for the comedy scene there. And um, you need to come to you need to go to New Orleans and I'll meet you over there. (laughs) I go to New Orleans post post Corona. We'll have you'll have to come out to New Orleans and perform there because I know a lot of good comedians out there. <laughs> I think every big city is pretty much the comedy circuit's pretty much the same, I would assume. That's an interesting thought, maybe. I think that, like, I know that it's kind of said for Texas, like, we have so many people in Dallas, and really, like, we all know each other in the comedy scene. So you would think that there's a, like, we would have more people just based on how many people but that's are like, in the city. Certain yeah. Certain cities are more inclusive than others. For sure, for sure. And, like, uh, obviously this is an extreme example. In New York City, like, a lot of times I think you have to pay to go to open mics. And uh, here it's certainly free. Or one for one, like, spring break, I think right before the Mm -hmm. virus hit, I was doing shows in, um, or I wasn't doing shows, but I was just in Seattle. And I was just going to some open mics, and I ended up doing a show there at the um, uh, Seattle Underground. You were on fire that night, right? That was really fun. I actually have some videos uploaded from that um, from that show, but it was, uh, it was very, like, every, every city I feel like has their, like, different little techniques, you know, like, and I know in Dallas, like, you show up and you sign up and then you, like, the manager, whoever, the mic runner will, like, make the list and then you'll see where you are depending on, like, when you signed up or how often you show up or, you know, how much you get booked and that kind of thing, um, whereas in, um, I know some cities, like, they'll do it. If you sign up, then that's exactly where you are on the list. Like, there's no there's no changing it up. I had a stand-up experience documented on this. I have documented on this show plenty of times. I don't need to say it again, but I've been through the experience myself, and uh, <laughs> it was traumatizing. Well, I got, I got totally hammered. I had good material. It's just when you're, like, seven shots deep. Oh, yeah, you're going to die. There's no, there's no, I actually... 
quit drinking like early into my comedy career because I was like, these two things don't mix, and I'd rather do comedy. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, which isn't to say that everybody should do that, like at all. So, are you planning to expand maybe your YouTube presence? I don't know about YouTube. I'm really, I, I typically just post all my videos on YouTube just to like have them somewhere, like have the larger files somewhere. But mm -hmm. uh, as far as like social media, especially like with my group, I guess with my like. I guess, generation, it's uh, Instagram and Facebook are way more... You're you're in your 20s, I would assume, right? Yeah, I'm in my early... I'm 23. Okay. Well, see, that was one of the few things that my dad told me growing up is never ask a woman how old they are. So I didn't. That You gave that. I didn't ask. My dad gave me three roles as a kid, how to treat, how to treat women. I'm sure they're phenomenal. You want to hear them? Yeah. <laughs> that's all I want. <laughs> Rule one, never ask a woman how old, how old they are. Right. Two, always hold the door for him. Okay. <laughs> and three, always treat them with respect. Okay. I mean, three goes know. hand in hand with two, but... I don't know if two is necessary. Can we break this to number two down? Do we have time to do that? What? Always hold the door open for them? You're trying to break down a... You're in Texas! Isn't that, su isn't that Southern hospitality, or is that dead? No, it's, it's well and alive, but I would argue... That holding the door for someone is very often a um, inconvenience for the person. Well, let's, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's for the listener here. I have Liz Flat. She's a comedian from Texas. And she's talking about breaking down my rule number two, which is always hold the door open for a lady. Go ahead. Let's continue. Yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to get this out to the audience before we break this down. Okay, yeah, for sure. Let, let them know this is how I feel. Because... I'm not saying that you should just let a door smack in somebody's face. First off, that rule shouldn't just be for women. I'm perfectly capable of opening every day. In fact, I, a lot of the times if I'm on a date, I will kind of like casually rush to the door just to get it myself so I don't have to worry about like, oh, they're going to hold open the door and I have to walk this like certain speed and like <laughs> make sure that like they're there before me and that I'm there like right after them so I can get into that door space, you know, and it's just... It's a weird rule that I feel like people, I know for me, I just get stressed out about like, okay. And then it's like, if you forget to open the door, let's say on an off day for you or your, or your father, then the girl's left thinking like, man, this guy's a dick. And it's like, no, he's not a dick. He just forgot to open the door. He, he His elbow was itchy or whatever, you know? And so, and so I just think that that's a rule that just kind of needs to be, to be written out. And like, especially car doors. It's like, Oh, am I going to sit in your passenger seat and then you're going to walk around and open the door? I'm a you're, fully you're talking. Yeah, you're talking about a guy who uh, who took this chick to a prom in a Honda, okay? Okay. Well, I mean, a car door is a doorman. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's an outdated rule. Keep doing it. If it's working for you, keep doing it by all means. But let me just announce, if any dude is trying to get with me, Liz Flat, don't put doors into the equation. Don't worry about the doors. Let me hold on. The doors. This is good. This is good. Let's continue. Hold on. Hold on. This is this is good stuff. This is good stuff that will go viral. So t what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, well. I'll do my best to make it go viral. Don't want to call my I shot too early. But <laughs> now, hold on. This this leads to my next question. This is really good. What about tipping and who pays first? That's the question I want to know from Liz Platt. Because that's debatable. That's that's really debated. Um, debated uh, this century is, you know, with femi go goes hand in hand with your feminism joke. A lot of women 
are holding are uh, saying, hey, don't pay for me. Like back in the day, it used to be, of course, the guy pays first. And it still is that way. I always pay first. If I know and she knows the day went to shit, date went to shit. I'll pay anyways. I'll just say, hey, the late, I'll go to the, to, you know, to the register or to my, you know, server and say, hey, what's the damage? <laughs> like, like yeah. my dad said that too. I got, I got that from my dad is what's the damage? Yeah. Paying on the date. Here's just, and this does not, I'm not saying this is how it should be or anything. I'm just saying that for me, Liz Splat, if I'm dating someone, like it's official or boyfriend and girlfriend, I'm just going to base who's paying for what based off of who has the most money at the time. Well, like, you know, if I just got paid and he's getting paid tomorrow, then I'll pay today. He'll pay tomorrow. Or we'll just pay for our own stuff. Or like, you know, it doesn't, or if he, if he's specifically wanting to take me out, then yeah, I would expect like a date. Or if I'm specifically wanting to take him out, then yeah, I would expect myself to pay. But if it's just like a casual thing or we just started dating or whatever, Mm -hmm then it's always I'm going to pay for myself. I'm not going to pay for the other person, but I'm always going to pay for myself because, I mean... What's your thoughts on the guy pays first thing? You think that's slowly going away? I don't think it... I mean, I know a lot of girls who still feel really strongly about that, but I certainly couldn't give a shit less. (laughs) So, um, I don't know. I think, again, it's like one of those things where like people can get all up in their heads about like, oh, this means that he doesn't like me or that he's, like, not a good guy or he's broke or whatever. And it's just, like, maybe he just didn't want to pay for your meal. You ate it. <laughs> you know what a big deal breaker for me is, Liz? I actually, this girl, we went on a date, right? This is during uh, Corona. And so, you know, I was just like, hey, I'm going to take her out. You know, we didn't, we were like, this was in the beginning. So mask thing was just beginning. So a big deal breaker for me if I don't get if I don't get a thank you at least for the meal or thank you for the date, adios, see ya. How hard is it to say like, two words? Yeah, I understand, and I think that I definitely would naturally say thank you. However, that's one of those things again, right, where it just makes this rule of you having to pay just more complicated. No, I'm done. You can't say thank you for me dropping thirty bucks. No, see ya. Oh, you told she totally should have. But if she had just paid for herself. Instead of having this weird rule where, like, you are you have to pay to be chivalrous, and then now you have this rule where people have to say thank you, where that which is fine and understandable, but I just think that it makes things more complicated. It's know? literally two because, words. Like, I'm not saying, oh, she has nervous. to, like, you know, take me back Maybe and we have to, like, hook up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, You're going to have a hard time getting me to never side with a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know. I ended it. She texted me and she was like, she texted me like the next week. She's like, oh, hey. And I'm like, yeah, I decided, uh, you know, it was nice to meet yeah. you and you, you you have a nice life, you know? Yeah. You're like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> I hear you. Say thank you next time, bitch. <laughs> bitch, yeah. <laughs> Here's my thank you. Yeah. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Just lay it like that. Yeah. You know how you can have a good vibes and sometimes a good vibes can replace a thank you. But it's the, it's the, you know what I'm trying to say? It's not just the thank you. It's the, it's the vibes where it's like, oh, it's like I'm higher than the, like, you know, you're waiting for me. You're already at your car before I even pay, basically. Oh my God. Yeah. This sounds like a thief. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, she was yeah. like already, she was already ready to go, like to her car and stuff. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Interesting. I think she maybe, she maybe was at the register, like probably for like 30 seconds before she knew I was paying. So she just went, she just went outside and waited for me. Yeah, maybe she just felt uncomfortable, you know. But um, I don't know. But yeah, uh, yeah, she can feel uncomfortable somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Any funny stories on the road? So I went to San Antonio recently to do some shows with uh, Diego Morales and uh, Maicia. Uh, if she hears this, she's going to kill me, but I do not know her last name. I know it starts with a C. And then uh, her friend Marcos from uh, Puerto Rico. And uh, Maisie is also from Puerto Rico. She's a hilarious comic. And we went out there, and it was my first time driving, being like being the driver, you know, like of three com- or two comedians and like one of their friends. And like, remember, like I said earlier, I don't drink. And so I just learned really quickly that if you're out and about with comedians after the show and you're responsible for getting them home, it's very much like hurtling like cats that are on crack because they're just Mm -hmm. like trying to jump from everywhere and just like running around and you're trying to grab them you're taking them places and i'm like talking to diego like dude we're about to go get tacos like let's get in the car we're gonna get tacos and he's like okay okay and then i'll just run to the other side of the parking lot what's the hardest part about doing this the hardest part is certainly like time management i guess especially i think that goes case for case you know but um, like I said, I'm a student, and I also have, like, somewhat of a social life outside of this, and I work a day job, so um, just, like, making sure that you're taking care of yourself, and then also putting forth enough effort into comedy to where you don't feel like you're losing anything, mm-hmm. and um, because, I, I mean, if you know any comics and any comics listening, like, we all know people who have just kind of gotten lost in the sauce, so to speak, you know, where, like, it's just, like, it seems like they are, they're only alive at night and then, you know, they're just like tons of drinking, a lot of drugs and like, that's, it's fun. But <laughs> if that's your like life, then that's, it can like, you know, kill you. <laughs> I'm in the thirties. So when I was, when I was in the twenties, I was doing that sort of stuff. So, you know, right. well, not all of them are my, I'm certainly one of the youngest comics. And, um, but I'm, and again, I'm not saying that that's like a bad thing. And if it is a phase or whatever, like, that's cool, but basically what I'm saying is, and, and regardless of what you do, if you're if you're doing that, like at, like at night where you're doing drugs and you're drinking and like all of that, that's totally fine. But as long as you like get up in the morning and drink water and and eat real meals, you know, and like just I think that it's so um, it's so easy to just get kind of tunnel vision on mm-hmm. uh, you know the nightlife of comedy and like the the social groups when really like you got to get up. And you gotta do something. Yeah, I know you said you're. Uh, I know you said you're, you're in school. So is the is the uh, is this like a career, or is this just gonna be like a supplemental thing to what you do um, um, in the real world? A career. <laughs> I'm just too deep in my degree to drop out. Like I just don't want to have not done that just because I found something else I want to do. But um, this is certainly a career that I'm gonna be pursuing until it spits me out <laughs> entirely until you turn um, into until you turn into weird owl yeah exactly until i turn into weird owl carrot top do you have any advice for those that are new and have like a sense of stage fright or so- anyone new to it uh yeah quit <laughs> <laughs> like my my number one thing that i always tell people is uh don't joke about trauma unless you're really over it 
Like, unless, if you're joking about your trauma and you're not really totally fully over it, then everyone in the crowd is going to see that. That's my advice. And then also, uh, shout out Emily Griefer. Always pee before you go on stage. <laughs> move the mic stand from in front of, like, to behind you when you go on stage. Those are just three blanket statements. I don't like to tell people how to do anything or, like, what to do their process. That The trauma thing, that's just real. All right, there you go. Let's let everybody go ahead and plug away. You got promotions? Um, yeah, so if anybody's in Fort Worth, uh, there's a show at the Hyenas Red Room. Uh, the day before and the day after Thanksgiving. Um, and then, other than that, follow me at Covered in Liz. It's like Covered in Jizz, <laughs> my name. Um, that's on Twitter, you know, face, I mean, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all of that good stuff. And then I'm Liz Flat on Facebook. So. All right. Thank you for uh, coming on this evening. Great. Thanks so much, man. Okay. There you have it. Another episode of Sensibly Cynical Down the Hatch. I want to thank Liz Flat for coming on the podcast today. Um, I want to thank you, the listener, for hopefully subscribing, rating, and eventually reviewing us on iTunes. If you do that, I would be eternally grateful. Please check us out on Twitter at Cynical Sensibly Instagram, Sensibly Cynical Pod, and you can check out our Facebook group. Everybody, please stay safe, mask up, and take care. Oh, and one more thing. Be on the lookout for my next Mr. Cynic episode featuring the pros and cons of narcissism.